0: We salute the work you're doing and your dedication to helping your loved one find a way through. And now, Coming Up For Air.
1: Hi everyone, this is Laurie McDougall on Coming Up For Air. I am here today with my co-host, Dominique Simone Levine. Hi, Dominique.
2: Hello, everyone.
1: And Kayla Solomon. Good morning, Kayla, how are you? I'm good,
3: Hi. hi to all.
1: So I guess today's topic is
3: a take on solicited advice. So I feel like in craft, what we talk about is how to provide support for people. Okay. How to help people make changes. How do you become part of the solution versus the problem? And what's come up in my personal life recently is the role of unsolicited advice. And I wanna specify unsolicited, which means that you did not ask for help, you did not ask somebody their opinion, or you did not want somebody else's feedback on what you are or aren't doing. That to me is the definition of unsolicited advice. And I feel like what a lot of modes of intervention are about are about telling people what to do, stepping in and intervening on people's lives trying to get somebody to change, or you see something that you think is absolutely not correct or atrocious or horrifying to you. And so you step in in order to, because let's face it, the reason we step in is because we want things to change. There's something about what's going on that we feel like it's not okay. So we step in to try to make things change. And I feel like what I want to talk about today, what I am really interested in is the parallel process with the person who is dealing with substance abuse. And then those of us who are the loved ones who are trying to use craft, but not the the rest of the world does not understand craft. And so there's two parallel processes going on.
1: So really what we're kind of talking about here is With craft, basically, we say this in rest meetings all the time, we say, keep your agenda out of it when you're communicating with your loved one. So basically, keep your unsolicited advice out of it. And we want family members to really kind of pull their own thoughts away and kind of allow the individual to find their own path at the same time we're talking about unsolicited advice that's given to those family members who are struggling already with chaos and crisis. And then they've got all these added pressures on them of unsolicited advice from, it could be family members, it could be friends, it even could be professionals that are kind of on the outside of things. And to me, unsolicited advice, I agree with you 100%, Kayla, but it also includes another category in there, in that someone might be asking for help. And then I think some people will step in with advice and expect that person to follow their advice and get frustrated and angry. And I consider that unsolicited advice as well, because I may want to hear what you have to say, but it doesn't mean I'm going to do it.
3: Ain't that the truth.
2: It's interesting too, the need to just process and talk, which I think we want our loved ones to do. We're we're trying to open communication, make it softer, make them more willing to talk to us. And if we are fixers by nature, if we're interested in any little crack in that, in what they're saying, you dive in and that's your opening and you've got this whole thing in your head already. So you're going for it. And it's very hard not to fix and not to suggest solutions. It's not just unsolicited advice. It's the softer stuff too, that we know you're trying, you are trying to be helpful at base, you know, at the start, but it turns into, an opportunity for you to just get your little bit of agenda in as, as Lori says.
3: Yeah. And what I'm going to add to that is that it's almost like we've been waiting. And so are there other people in our lives? It's like, okay. And we talk about dips and openings like, Oh, there's a dip, There's an opening. Here's my chance. I'm racing in with all of this great information I have to help you you know, there's so many ways that we do that, but also other people in our lives look at us and they're like, did you talk to them about this? Did you make this phone call? Don't you think you should intervene? Things are getting really bad. You need to do something. You're not going to do that. What's that? You're not going to do that, right? You're not going to give them money.
1: Are you? Are you really? Oh, see, that's why they behave the way they do
3: because you give in to them or you do this. Yeah. Exactly, or you haven't done this. What's so clear to me these days, you know, people are like, well, how does craft work? What I'm realizing is by me engaging with craft in a very immersive way myself, because I'm doing this every week, it changes how I see the world. I'm not even dealing with somebody with a substance use issue, but I am starting to see everybody that I know or many, many people, I can't make this generalization, I'm sorry, I take it back. Most of us would like... If things are not working, for there to be a simple, easy answer, and if only you do this, everything's going to be okay. Even as a therapist, I struggle with that. I look at people, I'm like, okay, do you do meditation? Do you take care of yourself? Do you do all this? And even with that, even if people are doing all of those things, there's something else that might be going on. And so what I'm starting to realize is we all like things neat and orderly and simple fixes and life is extremely messy. We're extremely complicated. And so to ever believe that there's one answer or if only somebody did this, everything would be okay is just insanity. And so what I'm really looking at and I'm hoping people are getting this as well is we need to look at all of these situations as complicated. There's always more than one layer of things that are happening internally. And then there's also layers and layers externally that people are dealing with. And we think something's gonna be simple, but it's not simple. And so we can't just have these trite, quick answers for people. We need to know that they're complicated. And if we slow things down and allow people to process it their way in their time, they are taking the layers apart. They're looking at things. They know all the reasons that are in the way. So our job and the reason that we focus so much on communication is that if we slow things down and let people speak, they're actually sharing the complications. They're talking about all the reasons why it's not so simple to just stop or do things differently. And I want to make it clear, too, to our listeners, we're talking
1: about people that are giving unsolicited advice to the family member, to the ally who's on the outside dealing with the loved one. And it may be totally out of love because clearly when family members or an ally is giving unsolicited advice to their loved one with SUD, clearly it's out of love. It's because they love this person. So it's the same for the family member or the ally. If someone you know, not in the center of everything is giving this unsolicited advice, oftentimes it really is out of love and out of care. But I want to make sure that people understand our listeners understand that that's what we're talking about today is that unsolicited advice that's given to the family member and how complicated and how it increases the chaos for that family member and makes it more difficult to actually narrow in as to what is it should I do what should I do what shouldn't I do it complicates the ally in who you can trust and now just going by my own experience I would weed out who I could tell what because I knew what someone was going to tell me and I knew what I was going to hear so I'm going to just kind of lock you out of this. It is so incredibly complicated. And actually I found I was already in a state of chaos in my own mind, adding this unsolicited advice on not only in my thoughts, but also in my intense, deep emotions, it intensified it
3: and it made it worse. And made you more anxious. Yes.
2: It made your situation more public. And now you're talking about something you didn't want to talk about. And having to deal with something you didn't want to think about in that moment and having to handle their emotions and their the care you want to take and saying thanks, but no thanks. You know, so there's a lot going on right there just to pull yourself out
3: from that moment of unsolicited advice. Well, but the other thing about unsolicited advice, it can happen in your inner circle, too. If you're the mother, it could be the father doing it. It could be a close friend who's been watching and worried about the situation. It doesn't have to be somebody on the outside. It could be somebody close in, but somebody who's not doing craft the way you're doing it. And what I feel like is that it's basically this kind of um, funhouse mirror. It's the mirror that it goes on and on and on and on. It's that mirror where you see like 75 versions of yourself And I feel like what's happening is those people are bringing their feelings, their anxieties, their concerns, both for the person with SUD and you, the loved one, they're bringing their feelings in and basically trying to either coerce you, push you, or dump their feelings. Because like Lori said, they are concerned about you. They're concerned about you and they're concerned about this other person, which is Where the exponential worry comes in. And they're trying to be helpful. But again, it goes back to when somebody is not asking for a particular form of help and you're stepping in, then it feels invasive. It feels intrusive. It feels judgmental. It feels critical. And it also feels impossible. This just happened in my life with a friend of mine. And what was fascinating is it was this complete parallel process to what she's been doing with her child before she was doing craft. Because when we go up to the person with the SUD with the substance use issue and say, you should go to treatment. Why don't you do this? Why don't you clean your house? Why don't you get your kids doing this or whatever?
1: Stop playing video games, get out of the basement, get a job. Make sure you go to the doctor.
3: Take some weight off. These things all are very practical and make sense. So I'm not saying that you're pulling things out that don't make sense, but if the person is not in that place, if that's not where they're at and they're not ready for that, it feels like you're basically throwing rocks at them. Like they're ducking. They feel like you're attacking them. They feel like, where is this coming from? They feel like, what do you want from me? I can't win I can't win, you're judging me, you're criticizing me. And we feel the same way when these people come up and say to us, how come you didn't say this to the person? How come they're not getting help yet? How come you're not jumping in and calling the authorities? There's a million different things that we do with this. But what we need to realize is that every suggestion that we make to somebody else, who is not asking, by the way, there's a list of reasons that they don't do it. So let's, for example talk about if you are concerned about somebody who has a child that is drinking. What happens is, and this is just a generic discussion, when you get DCF involved, number one, you lose control of the situation because then you have an outside authority making the decisions. If there's another family member that is willing to take the kid, then the question is, are they approved for, for family foster? So there's this whole process that needs to be taken care of before you get to make these quick, brash decisions for people. Will the kid be taken away from the family completely? How will they get them back? Will that actually help the person with substance abuse or give them more shame and go into a shame spiral and which makes the substance use worse? So all I'm saying is that everything is complicated when we make suggestions or when somebody else is making suggestions to us we need to be clear that it nothing is that simple you know here you can go to the you can go with the treatment for a month who's going to pay the bills who's going to take care of the dog who's going to um, make sure that i don't lose my home so every time we ask somebody to do something we need to think about every detail and And then that doesn't mean that the person's going to be interested in doing that anyway. Remember that complexity needs to be assumed. So there are no clear, quick, straight answers to anything. That's all we're saying. It's not like there's this straight line path. Okay, you're going to go for help and then everything's going to be fine.
1: And for the family member, it's the exact same thing. For the ally, it is the exact same thing. You don't know what's going on inside of that person's head. You don't know the complicated factors that they are thinking about. And and I'm also going to say this, just because you think they should behave or do a particular thing that you think is the best thing, there's probably 10 other issues going on in that ally's head or physically, emotionally that is complicating it and they are unsure of what is the best way to go. And oftentimes the advice, the unsolicited advice, it's not as wonderful as people think it is. You know, you think it is, but you you have no idea. That's the first thing I'll say. The second thing I'll say is, I strongly believe that if you were in the same situation, you are probably more likely to behave the way the person that you're giving that advice to is behaving. You would probably behave in a very similar way. And not for nothing, but the numbers show that families often do respond to an individual with substance use disorder. Families in similar situations respond similarly. So actually, the family member's response to this complicated issue runs in the norm for family members that are dealing with SUD. So I often tell people in our rest meetings, no, your response is normal. (laughs) It is not abnormal. It is normal. And that's why you're here, so we can kind of meet it out and find some things that are going to work for you based on your knowledge, based on what you're going through and not based on all the noise out here that's adding to your own pressure, helping you to get confidence in yourself.
2: And the way you do that is through craft, right? So up until the year 2000 or so, it was pop culture. It was Al-Anon. It was ideas that were based in lay beliefs around addiction in their time, right? But when craft came around and the numbers prove it, it is the essential toolkit. If you can believe in craft, if you can do craft, you will get further faster. And so if you can trust in that, if you can start to do the work of it, even the smallest amount, like getting, stopping the negative talk, I love to start there because it sounds so easy, but wait till you spend a week trying not to do what you do 15 times a day. So. If we could get you to trust in, the, in this essential toolkit, then maybe all of what's going on from this unsolicited advice and, and the pressures you're getting from this family member or that person or can fall aside a little bit and let you continue in this path. Because in this generic situation that you're raising, Kayla, which isn't so generic, this mother desperately is hanging on to craft And that's why we know this person. And she's actually seeing changes with her loved one. They're little changes, but for her they're big because she realizes how stuck they were in their dynamic and their interactions and how they responded to each other, right? So just even these smallest changes has led to some some pretty practical examples of things improving and the dynamic allowing the mother to come back towards this daughter And the mother trusting that what she's doing with craft is what's opening up this very tight, very hard situation between herself and her daughter.
3: Right. And I I want to emphasize the effectiveness of craft in this way, because I feel like craft is the opposite that most of us have learned over time when I was trained in the addiction world, it was about breaking people down. It was about pressuring people to change. It was about increasing pressure in the hopes that if things got so bad that somebody would be willing to change. And one of the things that Kraft has made clear to all of us is it's the complete opposite. That the more pressure you put somebody on, the more of their old dysfunctional tools that they use. If you're using a substance and you feel pressure, you're going to use more of the substance. If you are somebody who steps in to try to make things change and you know if things are getting worse and worse and worse and somebody's saying, intervene, 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 do something, you're going to be stepping in with that anxiety and pressure to try to push the person to change. And the amazing part about craft is if you back up, if you give space, if you become safe, If you become somebody who's worthy of trust, if you're somebody that actually says that you're going to do something and then you do it, so you're not going to be making any like threats or promises of anything that you're not going to do. You're just backing up and you take the threats out of it because you know you can't go through with it. That's the gift of this is that it's not about making threats. It's about having boundaries. It's about being safe. It's about holding out your hand in terms of communication. It's about taking the pressure off so that when the person's ready, you're a trusted person to talk to and ask for help. But you're also not going to jump in with absolute advice. When somebody asks, you're going to be engaging in a conversation with them because that's what makes change happen. It's not, Oh, I have this great, thing that you could do. The gift of craft is space and not having pressure. And so the more you could do that, the more you could see that change happens in this very different way. So
1: really, to kind of sum it up, what we wanna do is we wanna craft the family member so that the family member can craft
3: the loved one. The other family member.
1: Yes, the ally. Craft the ally, craft the family member so that the family member can craft the loved
3: one with SUD. Basically spread the craft. Spread the craft, right. We're crafting. Because if somebody confronts you, just say, go on the website and you'll know what I'm doing.
1: You know, it's interesting you say that, Kayla, because... We have these discussions about unsolicited advice in in the meetings, and we come up with what are things that you can say to somebody, what are some ways that you can kind of let them know that this is too much for me. And one of the things that I often say is, you know, I hear what you're saying and thank you for doing all that research. I've done some research on my own and I've decided to use this method called CRAFT. If you're interested, I have a wonderful website. I can give you the name of the website if you'd like to go and learn more. But this is what my family has decided we're gonna use. And I just kinda, nope, this is where I'm going with it. And usually I what I find when I say that is the person usually hasn't done any research at all.
3: They're just going by old advice about craft it's been researched by people other than yourself that's right so really to summarize today it's you don't want to be the giver of unsolicited advice and if you're the receiver of unsolicited advice hold your ground if you're doing craft and know that you're engaged in a particular process and allow yourself to feel good about that and you can let the other person know that if they want to know more about what you're doing they could go to the website
1: okay ladies well this was a great conversation Dominique, do we want to tell our listeners about our 10 day challenge?
2: We are holding this special one day training event with Lori that you can attend for free. If you just watch half the modules, any half, any part of them, contact us on the website, let us know you've watched half the modules and we have Lori's training on Saturdays, every other Saturday at different hours to handle different time zones.
1: Okay, great. Thank you. Thank you, ladies. And uh, we will talk again soon.
0: Thanks for listening. We hope this episode of Coming Up for Air spoke to you. If you're listening in today on a podcast platform that isn't the Allies member site, please take a moment to give us a five-star rating. This helps others find the show more easily. If you have a suggestion for a new topic or a guest for the show, please reach out through the Contact Us form on alliesinrecovery.net. Special thanks to our hosts, our guests, and our production team.